I'm Fathery. This is Dave. This is Starfleet Boy. I'm Rachel. And this is Text Trek. Engage. meant to say starfleet so hail <laughs> well it's too late no take we're, we're all transitioning to the, <laughs> to, the to the new uh the new identity the the rebranding the great rebranding of, Star, <laughs> of starfleet so hell like like when uh enterprise became star trek enterprise that's all of a sudden exa- in season three that's exactly <laughs> what, like, it what? Is. this show was star trek all these seasons i didn't know that uh but yeah so this is gonna be a, a lot of fun uh for those who didn't hear i am currently traveling back i'm returning back to texas from the star trek cruise so yeah my uh, my audio might sound a little different if you're watching the video you might not see me you might see a representation of me uh which currently i think on screen is me and klingon makeup from a, a few <laughs> years ago so i uh, hope hope everyone enjoys looking at that but father you're recording from inside like a bathroom <laughs> yeah, i was gonna ask this uh thing, does it sound like i'm in a bathroom a little bit i don't know i haven't heard a flush but <laughs> i'm i'm in a uh, really large <laughs> hotel room that's like so it's, it's like freaks me out it's so big it's not like fancy or anything it's like very plain yeah. hardwood floor old uh drywall walls but it's just, it's just a very large room with like this little tiny bed in it it's a little little weird that's, okay i see why that's freaking you out i don't like the sound of that but in the, in the meantime, though, welcome back aboard the Starship Texas for the 232nd installment of the Text Trek podcast, the home of Star Trek fandom from deep in the heart of Texas, where we take a deep look at Star Trek old and new, and tonight we're talking about Star Trek Picard Season 3, Episode 3, 17 Seconds. And uh, that was written by some season two veterans, right? Yeah, uh, written by Jane Mags and Cindy Appel and directed by Jonathan Frakes himself. We will get into that in just a moment. Dave, you want to remind everyone what episode we're watching in the uh, Patreon watch party on March 18th? Uh, yes, uh, maybe. Uh, <laughs> um, literally, I was just talking about it with Rachel a second ago, and I already forgot the name of it, though. Way of the Warrior. I know, that's the only reason why I asked. Because <laughs> you want to dehumiliate me? No, because I just it's heard like you to say it a Shaw. second ago. Like, this, oh, yeah, Way of the Warrior. This is what it's like to be Shaw, y'all. Is there any more weird oh. shit you want to throw at me? <laughs> oh, my God, I love uh, it. Way of the Warrior. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, so that's going to be on March 18th. We're going to have a Starfleet. We're going to have all of our, our patrons over there. Starfleet Sohel. Got to remember he's Starfleet Sohel. But uh, he and the rest of the gang uh, that, that helps out on Patreon that's uh, Cake is Eternal, Gay Clevin Lens from Crazy Dutchie, Joanne Robertson, John Dog, Geek Filter, Earl Grey Trekkie, Quarks Bard, our anonymous supporters. You are all invited, as you are each and every month, to the monthly Patreon watch party. Yeah, we will be checking out Where the Warrior coming up real soon on the 18th. Uh, so, which is like 
two weeks, right? Yeah, so. Um, but we do one of those every month, and you can come in as little as two bucks a month. It really helps us out with the expenses of uh, podcast hosting, website hosting, uh, StreamYard subscription. So uh, thank you, everyone who chips in to help us out, and uh, it means a lot to us. And yeah, we'll be doing a watch party on the 18th, so just wanted to remind everyone about that. We got a little bit of, of news yesterday about the uh, the end of Discovery coming uh, with season five. Now next year, they've they've pushed it off to next year. They're uh, I guess reshooting some things to give it uh, make sure that it wraps everything up and comes off as a satisfying ending to the the five year saga of Michael Burnham and the crew of the USS Discovery. A show that somewhat launched our podcast or anticipation of it did. Yeah, so we started about a year before. Uh, Discovery mm-hmm. premiered uh, largely to track the uh, production of that show and then to discuss the the episodes of it. So yeah, it, it not only ushered in this modern era of direct to streaming Star Trek shows, but also the the creation of Text Trek it, itself. Do we yet know if this is the only major outcome of their uh, Paramount Plus's? financial woes, restructuring, whatever? I wouldn't even say financial woes. Their Paramount Plus is is doing a bit better than some of the other uh, streaming services, but every, everyone is cutting costs at the moment. Mm-hmm. I think that with Picard ending and Discovery ending, I think that they are preparing a, a new sh- I think it's only going to be one. I don't think we're going to get like Section 31 and a 25th Century and an Academy show, but I think there will be one other live action show in addition to Strange New Worlds. Uh, probably not until 2025. It looks like uh, Alex Kurtzman was teasing in Variety that it might be a Academy show set in the 32nd century. So that would be an interesting uh, thing. And it's something I really wanted when I saw Disco Mm -hmm. 5. Yeah, It's weird for me because Discovery is the first Trek show I watched as it aired, despite being a Trek fan for like a decade. Because I was like in middle school when Enterprise ended and lived overseas. I didn't really have access to it. And so I remember like... Uh, Discovery is the thing that really brought me into the Star Trek fandom, so it's really weird to have it yeah. like leaving. That's so yeah. That's so sad and also so cool that Discovery did that. And I think that's like uh, an experience that I've at least seen uh, a lot of, and I really love it because for me personally, Discovery season one and I had a real tough time getting along, but by season two, I was like really into the show. Not yeah. not just because of Captain Pike, like Burnham. I was rooting for Burnham all the time, but just mm-hmm. I, there were some disagreements with me and Discovery in season one. <laughs> yeah, I, I, would, I would also count myself among the like um, it has ups and downs, but like every time it's between seasons, I find myself missing the characters and wanting to see see what they're up to. I did like enjoy that first season of Discovery, but I think like most Star Trek shows, it has growing got growing pains in that first 100%. season. A hundred percent. Not only that, Discovery Discovery did the growing pains for all of Star Trek. Like all the new Star yeah. Treks kind of have like like used Discovery's shoulders uh mm-hmm. to kind of like build their their oh, version definitely. of Star Trek. I was like, especially of... Strange New Worlds. <laughs> like Yeah. Discovery <laughs> is how I've got my uh other friends who uh I've gotten many people into Star Trek by showing them Discovery and they're like, Oh, I wanna see more and I'm like, You don't say I have more to show. <laughs> like Nice. Uh, I find that Discovery is also the show that, like, once people in in my work environments and like in my social life who don't know Star Trek started to see that I like I started being letting my Star Trek freak freak flag fly a lot more and like <laughs> posting about it and stuff. 
um they would come up to me and talk to me about discovery and they were like we watch this show every week it's so exciting it's so fun mm-hmm. like and i think like mission accomplished that's what you want like yeah, you want people to definitely. to like come and check out star trek and you know i i know there were like things that like uh you know the nitpickers and the nerds in us like want to like kind of like they they can like whatever like but think about like the the lar- when you think about the larger picture of what discovery is not only just done for star trek but also just the story it's been telling is really mm-hmm. cool like you know it's exciting to so anyways it's heartbreaking that that it's leaving i'm sure we'll we'll be devoting lots of time to talking about it yeah legacy and all that yeah yeah i agree definitely but i guess we'll pour one uh i'm not gonna i'm gonna pour it in myself (laughs) i only have have water unfortunately but Well, do we want to do we want to dive into the episode? Sure, sure. So I'm going to quickly uh, recap the the episode by reading the official synopsis, and then I'll kind of expand on that with spoilers, and we'll each give our opening statement on the episode, just kind of our broad thoughts and opinions, and then we'll discuss the specifics. But the official synopsis reads: Picard grapples with an explosive, life-altering revelation while the Titan and her crew try to outmaneuver a relentless Vatic in a lethal game of nautical cat and mouse this is a colorful synopsis so far Uh, meanwhile (laughs) raffi and Worf uncover a nefarious plot from a vengeful enemy starfleet has long since forgotten so yeah we have uh some cat and mouse games in the nebula along with the reveal of the the changelings the founders of the uh the dominion odo's people uh well a faction of them i finished watching ds9 just in time (laughs) You're welcome. Time that so well, Dave. <laughs> You've already seen like over fifty episodes of Star Trek this year, and it's just now March. Like that's true. It's, uh, I could actually die of a Trek overdose. Cool. We don't know. <laughs> this is real talk. This will probably twenty twenty three is on track to be the year you've watched the most star trek of your entire life so this is weird fathery that you have statistics about my life that I don't even think about. Um, I'm a little unnerved by it. I've, I feel like you're stalking me. <laughs> well uh we all have we all have our own weird uh obsessions <laughs> mine is uh keeping up with how much star trek people watch that's fair and when they watch it <laughs> that's fair when father he sees you he sees little numbers floating over your head just like you're a character in an mmo <laughs> well i'm just gonna give some some quick thoughts i had on on this and then i'll ask y'all what y'all think about it but uh you know i i was kind of mixed on the first episode of season three i loved the second episode of season three and uh, i i really liked this one too i don't know if i liked it more than last week but it's definitely like of that same caliber for me mm-hmm. uh, i was just super excited to see some big ds9 connections i thought the tension between Riker and picard was just delightful and both like a combination of entertaining to watch but also almost like heartbreaking because i'm like oh i'm friends with both these dudes i don't want to see them fight <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, a diehard Worf fan, so loved seeing some cool Worf stuff. And, the, the, like, the, the show's approach to Worf, that he has he has grown, he has evolved. You know, finally, <laughs> finally he showed some, uh, some, some much-needed uh, development and improvement, I think most people would agree. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we finally get to hear from Dr. Crusher, and, you know, she has a lot of explaining to do, so we get to, we get to hear her chime in and tell her side of the story at long last. 
So, uh, so a lot of really cool stuff, and I, I'm very excited about what this means for you know what's actually going on. It feels like there's there's a lot that hasn't been revealed yet as far as who the bad guys are, what they're trying to do. All this portal weapon stuff might be a some type of distraction from something bigger. So, what does that mean? I don't know, but it's very enticing and exciting, and I am primed for episode four and very much looking forward to seeing what happens next. Uh, Dave, what about you? Uh, I'm going to say this was a mixed to positive episode for me. Um, I realized that I liked it most when it was what I think of as the most TNG people talking. <laughs> and the stuff I liked least was the big movie stuff like hiding out in the nebulas, which I thought was a little bit like, if not specifically nebulas, I've seen a lot of a decent number of Trek shows where people hid out in the corona of a star or, uh, you know, inside maybe a gas giant or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. And so I wasn't I wasn't super into that, you know, running um, chase in there, but I was very into this. What the heart of the episode for me was uh, both Riker and uh, Jack Crusher talking, which I, I want to give that a little extra credit because I actually thought that conversation, although shorter than uh, than Picard and Beverly, uh, I, I thought that was a really interesting conversation. But the, the Beverly and uh, Picard one had to nail it for me, I think to explain the 20 year absence and uh, to, to make me buy into it without feeling too much of a need to take sides. And I, uh, you know, we'll talk more about it as we get to it, but uh, to me, they, they pulled it off really well and, and got me on board this, this plot point, which, which really has to carry, I think kind of carry the season. So I was impressed with that. And, uh, and I'm liking the forward momentum of it too. You know, in the last episode, Picard was like, he was taking command. This, uh, this one, as things kind of became a little more paralyzed between he and Riker, there was this forward momentum with Raffi and, and Worf story or Raffaella, as I, I really like how he calls her. And, and so they're like, let's go, they're like, let's go hunt some orc. And, uh, and I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so, you know, there, I had some issues as I was going along, but uh, overall, this was a pretty good one for me. Cool. Uh, Starfleet Sohel, what do you think? I really liked this episode a lot. I had a lot of fun watching it. Uh, I was hollering at the screen. I don't know if you guys have seen the YouTuber. Um, I forget his full. I'll try to. I'll try to look him up uh, in a moment so I get his uh, handle right. But I think it's Tweak or something like that, or Tweez. I'm not sure. Anyways, he's awesome. He reacts like very raw, like to the things that are happening, like on the screen, and like then you're watching him watch act, do the live yeah. watch. Yeah, and then he's like he cuts cuts it together cutting out all the moments where he didn't have a reaction like a sure. strong reaction mm -hmm. and like it's just delightful but i felt like this episode did the same thing for me i remember like kind of like being very engaged by it haha and uh and uh <laughs> the the thing the thing that like i think still is with me is um i it's a very powerful uh kind of episode because it creates a lot of discussion because of like dr crusher's uh and and uh captain picard uh, sorry admiral picard's like situation and like everything surrounding it so there's like we, we've uncovered something really interesting and like so i kind of get like that synopsis where it's like it's it's a big it's like a big moment right in star trek and so i'm having fun like just kind of i've already think i think i've changed my opinion like three times about you know what the motives are <laughs> like you know and all that stuff and i really i really love that kind of i think that's something that you know for me really turns me on when star trek can like just make me 
like think about things in a new way it, it just like you know it feels good to like expand your mind a little bit or like just learn something new or hear a different perspective which by the way i'm excited that there's a uh female perspective on this show because <laughs> because when i did the discussion there wasn't but yeah i'm just really excited about this episode um i'm gonna sit on my hands a lot about things that are my opinions other than that uh because i have seen the next episode so i don't want to spoil anything oh. even with my reactions because like i'm really i'm so i've never been more excited to see what other people are going to think of something so you know yeah, what that's... you know how you should let it so hail you are like a time traveler and you don't want to alter the flow of the future <laughs> exactly the you don't want to change things yeah. you have to respect the temporal time disruptive <laughs> i will just yeah, say that it's go. uh one one last note before I pass it on to you, Rachel, is just Jonathan Frakes. I want to see. I, I I at the at the same time, I'm sure that that he was uninterrupted, but I would love to see a recording of him directing Sir Patrick Stewart and Gates McFadden, and then also him directing uh, Michael Dorn and uh, and uh, Michelle Hurd, because I know everyone loves him as a director, but these are such great scenes. These like you know Rafi mm-hmm. saying like you're a legend well like what's happening on the screen is legendary right now you know like we're seeing Worf as fathery beautifully put finally something new about this character you know like which is really cool so yeah all right <laughs> that's all I gotta say about that <laughs> well Rachel what was your uh broad thoughts on 17 seconds I really enjoyed this episode. I we were already talking about the scene with Picard and Beverly and it's so good and I love that her reasons are something that are reasonable like you understand where she's coming from but it's not like some big galactic thing it's like and it's something that like it like obviously we're an extreme version of it um but it's like something i could see happening kind of in the real world where if like someone's like had a child with someone who was like constantly being like kidnapped and attacked they'd be like hey i don't want the world to know this is their child as she, the more she went on, the more I started to say, think like, this is a somewhat reasonable approach, especially when she talked yeah. about the people she lost already. Mm-hmm. I have questions about Wesley apparently never talking to his mother though. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he's not dead. Yeah. I saw him last season. I know. Um, I, they're so close yet so far away. <laughs> she, she did sort of speak about it slightly ambiguously, like she yes, lost them to the stars. Lost. At the very least, it seems like he did disappear for what may have been many years before contacting her. And there's just so many exciting things. Like, I love how it was directed. I literally jumped up and down when I realized that was a changeling. Like, Mm. when it was when Jack punched that dude in the face and his face did something weird. And I was like, wait. (laughs) I like, and I also, um, we can talk about this more later. I really like the updated changeling effect. I think it, like, Oh yeah, it looks really cool. But it like as soon as I saw it, I knew exactly what they were like going for. Like there wasn't a like, wait, was that supposed to be? You know that crewman that like in the first episode, I was like, is that a changeling on the bridge? And then everybody was like, no, it's not a changeling, or maybe it's a changeling, but we we determined it's not a changeling. But I half wonder, is there any possibility they drop that in there just to get people talking? They're like, let's put something close to a changeling, get that in the conversation, and then when it happens. It will have been. It'll people will know what a changeling is, even if they haven't thought about it in a while. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I can say with one hundred percent certainty that that's not what happened. <laughs> Were you there, fathery? But I I can't I can't say why I know that. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Okay, right. I was like, <laughs> I see. There's a whole lot of time stream stuff here. 
<laughs> That's okay. I was just musing about the idea of it because it's it's funny because we had talked about them anyway. <laughs> but this this dude who turns out to be a changeling, you do see him, you know, in the first two episodes of the season, you know, looking shady on yeah. the Titan. He kind of he kind of has mm. some suspicious looks on his Riker face. Had so a, they... Riker had a moment with him, right? Like he, mm-hmm. he kind of like gave him like a glare or something like that in episode one. Oh, well, no, he wasn't like the dude. We saw that there was somebody watching Riker and Picard, but that wasn't him, right? And like they were like uh, that was on Earth. Oh. Yeah, when when Ry- when Riker when Riker and Picard arrive on the Titan. Oh, oh no, there was a yeah a different yeah. dude in the bar on Earth. Yeah. In the bar, but then yeah. When, when, yeah. when Riker and Picard are doing their you know their admiral inspection or whatever, there's like this guy in the corridor like looking at them like you know he's oh, yeah. something, something mm-hmm. weird going on on his. Okay. It, was, it was this guy, I, this ensign. I also I love that it's changing because it does make the like whole Beverly like trust no one thing. I was like, oh yeah, if they're changed, like yeah, don't trust anyone. <laughs> you can't unless you can get a little blood. I guess she yeah I guess she couldn't have said like or they they didn't know it was changelings at the time. She did not know at that point. Right, she just right, knew okay. that she like went to some Starfleet officers when they attacked them. Yeah, they 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 attacked through Finris Rangers, Klingons, and Starfleet. So it seems mm-hmm. like. There's no one you can trust at that point. I, um, and I, yeah, I, there's just a, a lot that I loved about this episode that we probably should get into more detail during the actual, like, scenes, but. Well, uh, let's just go ahead and, and talk about the, the opening of the episode. You know, it, it, it kicks off where the, uh, last episode ended with the Shrike engaged in, in pursuit of the Titan. And uh, there, you know, just the more I see of Captain Shaw, I, I think I'm obviously not alone. I think a lot of people feel the same way. But yeah, just I just like him the more I see of him. He's a pretty interesting character, and you know, here we we have a little bit more of that humanization of him that they kind of mm-hmm. started in the second episode of the season after making him a big asshole in the first episode. But like here, like when he gives like his bridge crew a break, when you know, and he's like, uh, you know, y'all y'all have been pushing it pretty hard for several hours. Go go get get some rest mm-hmm. while you can. I was like, oh look, he's. He's not always a, a jerk. He he can what's, be a, a nice guy. What's okay. next, Shaw? A pizza party? <laughs> 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 and then he had, he had oh, his classical music. He put, on, <laughs> put on some Mozart, I guess, on the bridge to calm everyone down. No, that was seven. That was seven listening to the, a piece that, that I oh, think that played was seven. In, that was seven. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that piece played in Voyager, uh, Voyager episode, or, or maybe on Prodigy, and Janeway was listening to it, like oh, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I don't know if there was Mozart in in Voyager. I know that there was a uh, Chopin. Seven listened to Chopin, but uh, the. This is probably a good time to mention that we're not going to we're not going to have gourd eggs this week. I, I promise I'll bring them back next week. It's just like I haven't. It takes a lot of work to uh, collect gourd eggs, and I haven't had time to uh, round them up. But yeah, those are our Easter eggs and jokes and continuity connections. I like to point out. This is a very atypical show. We normally have like a cool visual presentation. I'm normally not dropping in and out, uh, unaware of what my audio sounds like. So uh, yeah, this, is a, a, this is the this is the nebula with show. Us on this one. Although yeah. it's not this a nebula. We are. Uh, we're in the nebula, so we're all like, yeah, yeah it's a really good. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's thematic. Too, like... Except that, like I said, it's it's turned out I'm like dressed. apparently it's not a nebula, but we don't know what it is yet. Right, the, the science <laughs> officer, Tavine, the, the bald Vulcan. Yeah. She's like, oh, it appears the nebula is not a nebula. But then after that, like immediately after she says that, Riker goes back to calling it a nebula. Like the science officer just told you it's not a nebula. He doesn't have time Riker... to, to call it the nebula that's not a nebula. Yeah, Riker, yeah. Riker doesn't know what it is. He's just going to call it a nebula. Just... It sounds like it's some organic there, – there's something organic in it, but I don't know where mm-hmm. they're headed with that. I think 
if if they're gonna yeah. get out of it, I wonder if it's because they're gonna do some Star Trekky stuff where they communicate with sort of the beings or whatever are in there, and maybe mm-hmm. you know maybe they can use that to get out. I don't know. Our, our friend uh, Aaron Geekfilter, who's here in the live audience uh, this week, but he was suspecting it. it it's similar to. The, and of course, you know, with him, it's going to be an animated series reference, but mm-hmm. one of our planets is missing, that uh, life form that was uh, very, very V'ger-like before mm-hmm. V'ger. Star Trek really does repeat itself a lot, doesn't it? A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> Look, but, there's a lot of it, episodes. It, yeah, yeah, I mean, we're, we're closing in on 900 episodes, so. <laughs> also, there's, like, something, I don't know, I like, I personally like that kind of, like, history not repeating the same way, but history iterate, like, the iterations of history, mm-hmm. if you will, you know, like. Like, this is a similar challenge that came up 100 years ago, but how did these guys handle it, you know? So it's, like, that kind of yeah. thing. It, it makes me happy. I, I, <laughs> um, I will say, Shaw is growing on me. I do find him funnier and funnier, but he's still on thin ice for dead naming Seven. Yeah. <laughs> he has to apologize for not calling her Seven. And that, but that, on board you know, that did lead to one of my favorite moments with... Um, Oh, what's Jordy's daughter's name? Sydney. Oh, Crash. Yeah, Sydney. Sydney LaForge. <laughs> yeah, yeah where she very specifically made a point of calling her Commander Seven. I love that so much. Yes, that scene was great. I love when Seven, the two, like her two, like little quibs, like, uh, or, uh, you know, like where she kind of like uh, jabs at them. She, what did she say? This sounds rehearsed to yeah. Sydney. Yeah. And- and then She's later still to, Jack- to the point. <laughs> yeah, to the exactly. Point. And yeah. then, and then uh, to to Jack later, she says, "Well, you're insane." And I was like, <laughs> like cracking up. I was like, "That's so yeah. funny." <laughs> the show was remembering that both Michael Dorn and Jerry Ryan have really good comedic timing, and they're That's like true. using it really well. It is using it yes, beautifully. And the, and the show under it understands those characters' sense of humor, and also. <laughs> has given them both like a ton of growth where they, yeah. they, they don't feel like e- e- neither one, they, you know, they, they both feel very different than mm-hmm. they were 20 years ago. Yeah. They feel different, but in a way that like, it makes sense. I see how this character became this version of this character. And add to yeah. that, like people who enjoyed season one and season two, of Picard are getting like delightful connections and moments that like harken mm-hmm. back to those seasons. Like in that scene with Beverly and Jean-Luc, when he says, I now know I would not have been like my father. We're like, yeah, he does now know that. And he understands why right. his dad was the way he remembered him better. Right, after exactly. He's like season two. Beverly, I had a character arc. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I had one too, but it was off screen, damn it. And that's not fair. And you better give me a show, Terry. Yes. I would watch it. I would watch her and Jack. I would watch it. I would watch it too. <laughs> I really did love the uh, they like them anticipating we would all be like, why does he have a British accent? <laughs> oh yeah, like yeah. I love the clue. Like we hired a British actor, and like he has a British accent. Please just go with it. <laughs> but also, like I'm sure they wanted that vocal continuity. Mm-hmm. You know, right. uh, even you know that though you would have to they had to contrive it a little bit because you know but they wanted it so when we saw him it would start clicking into place like it did for Riker yeah. um and and so yeah it's a it's a slight uh it's a slight contrivance but I thought it was it was neat that they did it he also like visually resembles Patrick Stewart in a way like that Tom Hardy does not <laughs> and and they're writing they're writing his dialogue to be very British every episode mm-hmm. there's like a bit there's a, a Britishism somewhere in there you know yeah. the, the yeah the uh 
it's last week it was a oi starfleet and then here he's like uh <laughs> when, when seven's like this gas is gonna kill you and it's like instead of saying it's gonna have to get in line so it's gonna have to you know join the queue which created uh, like yeah. a mini uh intrigue spurt on twitter where people were like did he say the queue like and then someone oh, put the subtitle yeah, yeah and then some, uh, someone put the <laughs> subtitles up and was like no it's Q, like a line <laughs> okay i find that really funny because the years on uh when i was like big on tumblr not like i was big but like tumblr was big uh, there was a thing where if you put something in your queue you had a tag for it and mine was deja q with the deja <laughs> and then the word q nice <laughs> That's pretty uh, But no, that did not occur to me at all because I knew the British <laughs> word Q. Yeah, same, same here. I understood what he was <laughs> talking about. <laughs> uh, Rachel and I are going to watch a very British film after this. So this is true. Maybe. Yeah, we are. Okay, good. <laughs> oh, nice. Snoopy McQueen. Snoopy's been around for a while. So thank you, Snoopy. Uh, yeah. Snoopy says, Picard season three, episode three. Awesome. The tension between Riker and Picard was great. Worf was great. I agree with all of that. Yep. You know what? I, I don't know if other people well said. saw this or like, but to me, it seemed like there was like this twinkle in Worf's eyes sometimes when he was talking to mm-hmm. Rafi. And I was just like, I was like, he was so charming. And like, it seemed like he had a, a certain slyness that like, almost like in movies, it's like when you have like an old sensei or something and they've mm-hmm. got a little wise way about them, but they're also a little bit scampish. He had just a little bit of a slyness to it. I, I thought it was mm-hmm. so cool how they caught that. Yeah. And that was a lot of that was by design, Michael Dorn was kind of unsure about being this uh, silver targ version of Worf. You know, he was kind of unsure about looking old. And, you know, he was talking to Terry Metalis about doing the d- doing this older version of Worf. And uh, the, the the character that they thought up, the, the old dude in Kill Bill, uh, what, what, uh, from the Kung Fu movie, Pai, Pai Mei, is that his Pai name? Pai Mei, yep. Oh, yeah. Pai Mei. Yeah. Yeah, Worf was like, oh, uh, yeah, Pai Mei is cool. Yeah, maybe we do like Pai Mei mm-hmm. Worf. So that's kind of what they were aiming for. And uh, I, 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 I agree. I feel like they made cool. a good call. Mm-hmm. I agree. I concur. Ooh, we got a <laughs> we we got some money from from Geek Filter. <laughs> like <laughs> that's awesome. Thank you. Uh, oh yes, this is like a really interesting point. So uh, one random fact that may not come up. Um, th- they said only. 117 people died from that portal attack that seems impossible yeah it did seem like a huge much bigger uh than that but now that i've seen the episode episode one like you know 17 or 18 times (laughs) uh, (laughs) i'm wondering if the starfleet recruitment facility was like uh sparsely um populated uh, or understaffed understaffed perhaps or sparsely staffed like uh we also we don't yet know like there, there wasn't like demands associated with it with a normal terrorist attack you want you want a lot of deaths and like you want to you, you want it to be something that's splashy and so that it's it tears and scares mm-hmm. the hell out of people obviously this scared the hell out of people but i guess without knowing it like maybe they didn't really like you know if, if all it was meant to do was distract uh ultimately which maybe is what that really one changeling that. said people they killed yeah the one changeling didn't he say like that was just a distraction from something else like yeah right so but that said like but, it also fell on the city so it, like yeah i mean maybe but if they were at just... work if the folks living in those buildings assuming they're residential if those because they look lower like if it was during the work hours it is possible that most of those buildings were you know uh sparsely populated as well but it just mm-hmm. 
I do think it is a little low still. <laughs> like, yeah, although I also am bit. glad that Picard isn't giving us like the kind of obscene numbers we usually get in, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah, I'm I'm surprised people yeah. are complaining about this instead of. Oh, I mean, like, do y'all want it to be like five solar systems were wiped out <laughs> in, in the first wave of the attack, and next time it's going to be half the galaxy, and then after that it'll be the entire multiverse. It just does seem like that building was bigger than Aaron is uh, just bloodthirsty. No, I agree with I agree with him too. I think the number should have been around three hundred if I were to say three hundred three hundred to a thousand would probably have made more sense to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> One of the episodes is called Homefront and it's a two parter and I can't remember what the other episode's called. Um something something Paradise Lost. Oh yes. yeah, where Cisco and goes back mm-hmm. to Earth and all that. But, like, it, it starts with, like, they go back because of a changeling attack, and it, like, causes them all to lose their minds. Well, you know, uh, uh, this may be a little bit of a utopian trek. It's like, even terrorist attacks of the future are a little bit not as terrible as they are you now. You know what? I'll take it. <laughs> good. Yeah, good, like... good, good medic, medical stuff. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Emergency transporters. I like how you tied that in, though, because it makes sense, like, you know, the founders and the uh, changelings in general are very cunning, and, like, they yeah. do yeah. things very calculated, so it would make sense that they would, like, it's just enough to get, like, look how pissed Rafi is, I mean, to her, it's, like, mm-hmm. a big deal, right? Like, so it's enough to get, like, Starfleet going and investigating in one direction, but meanwhile, they're doing something in a totally different direction, and we don't even know what that is yet, I don't think. I have the feeling <laughs> they just slightly, the writers or whatever, just slightly lowballed the number. But it'll be interesting to see if there's any like if if there is any greater meaning that might come out of story this story mm-hmm. as turn twists and turns. I like that. I like tying it in now that we know the changelings are involved. Like there's a new yeah. layer to all the but uh, is it... things that we've seen before. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about that flashback near the near the beginning where we see a younger Riker and a younger Picard, and I I really want to see that on my TV because I've only watched it on my computer screen. But how did so Dang. y'all? How did the C, the CGI on their faces look? Because I don't, I thought the I thought it was like weirdly inconsistent. Like sometimes it looked really good, like a lot of de aging oh, does, I... and then sometimes it was like, oh, Riker looks a little like his eyes look a little cartoony. So that kind of that kind of threw me off a little bit. Watching it on my iPad, so I didn't like pay super close attention to that. And I think I I hate digital de aging a lot of the time, so I try to ignore it. <laughs> For me, it felt like now that I've seen the bold glamour filter on TikTok. I'm like, why didn't they just use that? (laughs) It sets up that whole conflict between the two characters where one of them has spent 20 years dealing with, you know, the loss of his son. And Mm -hmm. this other one just like, oh, I just found out that I've had a son for 20 years. So they're, you know, kind of uh, opposite directions. And and it was like a good reminder of like, oh, yeah, Riker did have Riker did have this experience with this, you know getting this this baby boy and becoming a parent for the first time and everything and uh the the name of the episode 17 seconds when i heard that i was like hmm what does that mean does it it take 17 seconds for this weapon to you know recharge its batteries like they have like 17 seconds between attacks like what what is this going to mean and then it's like you know 17 seconds was the longest felt like the longest turbo lift ride of riker's life but I have, like, always, like, wanted to see Riker as a father. And, like, obviously we got that in the first season. But it's, like, really seeing him, like, I guess be in his emotions as a father was, like, I don't know. For me, it was, like, decades of, like, watching Star Trek and, like, being, like, I think this dude would be a good dad. Were you were you pretty satisfied with that scene? I, were you more than satisfied? Yeah. I got a little teary-eyed. Well, like, when he was talking about, like, how much he loved that. And I, it made me teary-eyed because... 
Mm. I obviously have the knowledge that Thad has since passed away. Sure. And also, uh, I like that, again, that's like another big connection, just like previous seasons of Picard itself. I love mm-hmm. how it like ties in really beautifully with, like we know that- we, Yeah, it, they, it, they didn't abandon anything. They, yeah. they didn't abandon yeah. anything from the first two seasons. They, they, they found ways to incorporate that into their- their new story mm-hmm. they're telling for season three. So as much as this does feel like a, a fifth TNG movie, it, it's, it's still Picard season three. Also, yeah. you know, any, any flaws in the uh, de-aging aside, the performances again here were really great and touching and moving. And like, there was a lot of nuance, like, you know, like a lot of face, that British face acting that uh, mm-hmm. uh, Jonathan Fakes teases uh, Sir Patrick Stewart about. You Including know? some some British face acting from Marina Sirtes. We get <laughs> yeah, the first yeah, uh, season true. three appearance of Troy. <laughs> I will say I prefer the way that Star Trek does the digital de-aging to like the other Star franchise where it's like, we'll do it a little subtly, but we'd rather have the actress performance come through than like completely like make them look like they did at this time period. Then you get a Luke Skywalker that can only stand there because he looks exactly like Luke Skywalker, but it's not actually an actor who can emote. Yeah, I, I agree him. with that. Uh, the the thing that um, Loco New York posted earlier was that she hadn't like it was kind of dark enough in the scene she didn't really notice the de aging. And I was kind mm-hmm. of the same way. I same. didn't. I, I, yeah. I got from context obviously that it was set in the past. I don't have a giant TV though, so maybe you know, it's just me. <laughs> I usually watch it on my giant TV, but I was having internet issues yesterday, so I <laughs> I uh refuse to not watch the episode so i uh use my phone as a hotspot to watch it on my ipad i just watched it today on the giant tv with my mom and like mm-hmm. just seeing her kind of like giggling or laughing at, you know when troy called because it like felt like familiar to her like from when mm-hmm. she was you know had a baby like and she kind of even said something like your dad used to just go to the bar and hang out with his friends too and like <laughs> i was like wow like this is like very relatable to my mom like that when they have her call they didn't do the like age-old thing of like i roll my wife is lagging they're like no, she's right. We should go. Like... <laughs> By the way, my answer to my mom was like, I didn't know dad was horrible. And she's like, you should go to the bar more. <laughs> I was like, wow. Like we always got to do a fight over that. Oh, scene. Wow. Uh, but uh, she, <laughs> she was just being silly. Uh, the, the other thing is, uh, yeah. So on the big TV, I did notice like there were some like, you know, kind of blur things but you know we've seen these actors like that's the thing about hd is like we're so used to how sir patrick stewart looks like normal because we've been seeing him that Mm -hmm. way that it's going to be very obvious like it doesn't like i don't know it's always going to look like something right and i think just like doing it when it's like hd even like re-watching some episodes of tng and hd and you're like oh that did not like that doesn't look as good yeah i i will say uh it was interesting like i was wondering like uh and I, I don't know, uh, Aaron and I talked about this, but I wondered if you guys had f- like any input on this, but they were in 10 Ford, but like, didn't Jean-Luc seem like he had never been to 10 Ford before the bar, like in... Oh, when he know, went there it's, in it's early gray... season two? Yeah, it's like yeah, a gray just, area. He, he hadn't been there in a while, so like he, he was like, am I am I on the right street? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if that's what they were thinking. Speaking of, uh, you know, John Luke, we we hear, uh, you know, uh, Riker tell the story of, you know, when when he became a father. Now, I guess Picard mm-hmm. is living that experience, right? Or at least like, oh, learning, like, oh, wow, I'm I'm a father now. I'm a parent. And so there's this big buildup, you know, last week. They didn't say anything. You know, there's a whole climax of last week's episode. It was like, oh, they just look at each other. Mm-hmm. So here they finally talk. Bev and JL sit down, have a, 
you know, uh, Beverly, you got some explaining to do. So uh, her, <laughs> wow, her explanation. Nice uh, you know, tie of, to I, to Lucille Ball to, to the, to the franchise's love, history. Yeah, I love Riker's not subtle. Like, hey, Jack, want to go over here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jack was fiery. He didn't want to do it. I love that, by the way. I love. I'm. I'm a mama's boy. I'm un- unashamedly a mama's boy. Like I love how defensive uh, Jack was, and like how like protective he was of his mother. Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. a very like uh, it's a very it it shows a lot about his about his. Well, character. you know, they're they're like, the only <laughs> family either of them has ever had. So yeah, mm-hmm. of course he has yeah. that uh, that connection. And and with, not only that, her. they seem like they've been. I have so many questions about how Wesley, I was like, has he never met Wesley? He's, he's traveling. He's the traveler now. I bet that will come up as time goes by, Mm -hmm. though. But yeah, they've also been in this very isolated position and, you know, like you, people bond under duress and they've been under this very stressful, essentially two person show, it sounds like. Um, Maybe they've had allies and stuff, but it's really mainly been them. And so, yeah, I bet they're like really tightly bonded. Well, uh, we we learned that I guess he was conceived at Casperia Prime. That's the vacation planet that I guess rivals Ryza. We heard about in DS Nine, by the way. But uh, yeah, that I guess this was sometime after Nemesis. So I'm still not real sure exactly how old Jack is, or I guess like I, I don't. I guess like his mom was in her fifties when she got pregnant. So I, that kind of raises questions. But remember, you you got to apply the whole whole um, the the very well kind of shown thing that humans live longer and they probably have longer periods of fertility through through medical help or whatever yes one woman like usually with met at this point in time with like some medical intervention but people age slower then i'm going to point out that keiko goes to her mother's 100th birthday and during deep space nine keiko is not that old <laughs> keiko's mom would have had to happen when they like eighty. Like in her, I like 70. in the uh, in the live audience. Uh, Jill forty seven's explanation is that uh, is that Doctor Crusher would have had some rejuvenation from I guess Star Trek Insurrection from the. Oh, Bucking that's a planet. really yes, good I've, point. Yes. I've seen that theory. That is a really good theory. That like regenerated her her ovaries. I guess. Yeah, it's like it's true. Yes, that's there really are plenty of women to, in today's like that have children. Yes, someone pointed out a bunch of women, and I was surprised Mm -hmm. that because I was I was always also taught I was I was taught the same thing, or I learned the same thing that like a lot of people have as a is that like you know there's like a cutoff period in your thirties or something, right? Like I forget, but or or forties. It it normally happens before fifties. They start calling it a geriatric uh, pregnancy with those words, like over thirty (laughs) five. Oh wow. Com- there are more things can get more complicated after the age of 35 uh like with uh that are like you can get around today with like today's medical with like genetic testing and that kind well, of how, so but, like picard takes place 400 years from now no 300 mm-hmm. years from now right like no more than that right like 400 Four, 400 yeah 400 years I from definitely now see science for sure developing enough yeah. that like a, like <laughs> it just a woman it just seems really can... weird that you would you would get accidentally pregnant in your fifties, but that might've been a, a bit of a contrivance on their part that they needed to make this work. That's, I mean, in general, this kind of the basic, you know, had a kid right after we parted for whatever reason. And I couldn't tell you is a contrivance. If there's, if you're not talking about like old world stuff where like a sailor goes off somewhere, like these people have communications. I also think that like, to an extent, like, you know, and, and Beverly kind of, I think there's supporting dialogue for this where, you know, in in that really powerful 
uh, moment where she says, like, I lost my parents, I lost my husband, I lost my, you know, uh, my son Wesley, and, you know, to the same stars that rule you or whatever, right? Like, <laughs> she didn't want, like, she, I think, like, there's a, a very real possibility, if I had to speculate, that, you know, maybe Beverly wanted to have a child and, like, didn't mm-hmm. bother terminating the pregnancy because and then the reason why she decided to not say anything is because that's what she knew best she knew how to raise a child wesley's father died at when he was four so she knew like how to raise a child independently and she had to do it so i feel like the fear that she had and that she presented was very valid and because of Mm -hmm. that you know you know again right or wrong that's not what i'm kind of interested it's just like I don't know what the show is going to say to explain it further or if it even needs further explaining, but I will just say for me, it was, it, I could, I didn't come out of it. Well, there's a hope that a powerful connection to uh, last night on, on Twitter, there were like a bunch of spaces and a lot of people talking and hashing this out. And one thing that I found uh, profound was like uh, when Jack uh, almost uh, kind of dies and like is revived, it's kind of the same as like a, it's a rebirth in a sense. So Picard mm. was at the rebirth of his son. It is. It's like yeah, a, it was, yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's he, like he was he was getting that experience, you know, that Riker laid out about yeah. the, you know, the, the longest yeah. turbo lift ride of my life, and yeah, that was so, his uh, seventeen seconds here. It's it's very powerful stuff. I don't know. I'm a little like kind of into it. You know, like, it's like, Let me just, Dave. <laughs> I, Dave, I'll agree with uh, I'll agree with what you said at the top of the show about the Riker and Jack stuff being mm-hmm. really and 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 yeah, kind of overshadowing the the Beverly and uh, or being Picard overshadowed stuff, by because, yeah yeah that that line uh you know where he tells them uh you know we're yeah your your dad's not perfect you know we're all faulty just human and they even like remind us about like the the synth body thing where he's like oh is he positronic now he's like oh he's still human he's still the same dude so don't worry about that and the way he the way Riker said i had a son too Mm -hmm. with where it's just a simple line but the way he says it you can feel the weight of of his you know his loss they remind you of Thad a lot in in this episode, but it, it never it never seems like out of place. It always kind of you know fits in organically. Yeah, they're doing it like a really good job of. I think they knew there's a good chance that a people are just there are some people that are just going to watch season three because they're like, oh, I heard the TNG cast is back, and they're like, hey, we have to remind people about the important things from the first couple seasons. But they've done it in a way that like, like he, the way Riker says, "I had a son." People can on like people who did not watch first season were like, oh, his son died. Like, yeah, there's like, I got, I understand what he's saying. They weren't kidding in the press junkets when the performers, the actors were all saying like that they really got great stuff. Like just in the first mm-hmm. three episodes so far, like, I mean, just in this episode, I... like what we see from Jonathan Frakes, Sir Patrick Stewart, Gates McFadden and Michael Dorn is outstanding, but also not That's just true. him, everyone, like the whole, like, mm-hmm. I'm really like excited about the Titan bridge crew and like the, mm-hmm. you know, we haven't talked mm-hmm. about that yet, but, uh, you know, like the, yeah, Titan and crew. we don't really, we don't really know them, but like they, they feel like they're real people that like, we just showed up on their ship if we had been there yeah. a while you know we would know all about right Taveen and crash and uh, murrah that's and, true uh, Taveen Taveen gets a lot of presence mm-hmm. yeah yeah there's a lot of science shit to explain if you're the science officer so and the by the way uh to the actors flawless vulcan mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah very very vulcan but with with a unique look i mean th- there yeah. have been some bald yeah. vulcans but there were like monks and stuff in star trek mm-hmm. 3 but yeah the, she she definitely uh, has a has a unique 
uh, presence among the the various Vulcans throughout the years. I think it's been confirmed, Fathery, that her um, vow of celibacy is celibacy is on record as well. So that's the Delton ha- thing. She's <laughs> yeah, I half Delton. I think so. I think it's been confirmed uh, oh. by Terry Metalis or someone. I forget, or maybe even so. That is a lot yeah. of stresses. <laughs> Humans can't survive sex with a Delton, but apparently Vulcans can. I mean, that kind of makes sense based on what we know about Vulcans. So. <laughs> You know, knowing what I know about humans, I bet there's still a lot of volunteers to just <laughs> whatever happens, happens. Good grief. <laughs> I just had to, get, read I had a, to guess. Gene Roddenberry's uh, novelization of the motion picture, if you want to know more about Delton sexuality, <laughs> I guess. You know, I think one reason I'm enjoying this season so much is like watching uh, something where the people clearly care about the TNG characters. And so I was like, oh, I'm like, it makes me so happy that Nemesis isn't the last time we see them. Right. We, <laughs> talked, we talked about how little yeah. Gates had to yeah. do in all of those movies. Mm-hmm. And she got so much to do in this one. I feel like she probably has more lines in this episode than she did in the four movies combined. I bet. I bet. Like, I, like yeah. I, am, I'm a little really exaggerating, yeah, I but I don't it. think I'm exaggerating by much. Certainly, she will by the end of this series. Mm-hmm. Well, we've uh, we've been talking for uh, about an hour. Um, we we haven't gotten into like the the blood in the water thing of like how the uh, the Shrike is tracking the Titan, the uh, Vertirium gas that's leaking that mm-hmm. uh, they're they're changeling on board. And it, it was I they keep giving Jack interesting stuff to do where he he teams up with Seven. He's like, oh, I can't get on the bridge, so I'll go get the the smart Borg lady and work with her um i kind of like just you know it almost felt kind of random just teaming the two of those characters up but you know i like that oh yeah look it gives them both something to do and Mm -hmm. it's kind of one of the fun things that trek does sometimes when you've got an ensemble sometimes put together two people you might not expect yeah 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 there's interesting interesting pairings and and just seven being a voyager character i will say that uh, I don't. I don't always agree with all the choices they made in the the writers' room on Voyager. I think there were a lot of missed opportunities. But one of the good things about that show that it consistently did regularly is it did find those interesting pairs of you know the different. Oh well, we'll put Tom Paris as like the assistant nurse on occasion in in sickbay, and he'll have to work with the doctor. Or oh, we'll make Tuvok this long term best friend of Janeway, but he also has kind of this rivalry and tension with Chakotay. And uh, but but you know Tuvok has can kind of bond with Seven over like look at how ill logical all the humans are and you know we you know i was always finding those cool little pairings and it kind of reminded me of voyager's legacy of doing that here seeing jack Very and cool. seven work together jack uh, jack kind of pulled a kirk he uh you know uh like piece of the action like when he goes up to the dude he's like what have they done to you what have they done to you <laughs> Just <drops> the dude. <laughs> he's uh that they're, they're action doctors They've managed to give Jack a lot to do without having him like overpower the other characters. We were just like, um, where they're having it work with the other characters, but it's not like the new guys here. We want you to like him, so we're going to only focus on him. Right. It's it's a good balance. Yeah, and and he doesn't come off as like too like dumb and worthless either. It's like, oh, look at like the dumb dumb Picard Junior went and got got himself knocked out from the gas. Like now they got to waste time, you know, saving him and stuff. He made a point to show a quiet scene where he's being a very empathetic doctor with one of the Titans crewmen. He's not being a smart ass. He's not pushing back against anybody. He's treating her very gently and talking her through her injuries. And um, I saw somebody in the comments say that they wouldn't mind seeing this guy in his own series. And yeah. I wouldn't either. Like he's an interesting character. I I've always enjoyed that actor and everything I've seen him in. 
Yeah. Um, I argue yeah. this is the least British thing I've seen him in. He's just very, like, he's a down Abbey. <laughs> yeah, because that one scene was great because it was like, oh, he's a good doctor. Okay. Like, mm-hmm. it's a very, like, show don't tell thing. Like, we could be told someone's a good doctor, but seeing him in action is, like, way it's more true. useful for TV. We've mostly seen him a little bit more as, like, slightly the scoundrel, the guy who had mm-hmm. to broker stuff with the Rangers, or who's pushing back against Picard. So it was, I thought it was important that they did that, and that was a good, good move on their part. Dr. Crusher, I know really uh, Dr. Crusher focused here, but, but I really love Beverly, but uh, but we're seeing like sort of like legacy of her, her legacy. Like it, there's so much of, of Beverly and Jack, like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. certainly like we heard, uh, we heard, we saw on the show that like someone's listening to the old logs. I'm sure Jack, you know, uh, you know, Beverly did say like, oh, at some point I told him who you are. So he's known, mm-hmm. he's no he's known who his father is for a while but and then beverly says like but he decided not to uh not to know you and that's where uh, jean-luc's heart kind of breaks he just yeah. like gets really angry uh and th- and that's like that's where the Riker and him tension starts i love how the two scenes kind of flow beautifully into kind of like each other also it all feels very like mm-hmm. well done and stuff um somebody mentioned in the in the chat they were saying that um you know, he 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 sees the crew members staring at him, and he's like, "I didn't ask to, for this." You know, he's like, he was ready to turn himself over to Vatic, mm-hmm. and 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 Riker kind of, I think, rightly says, "He's like, it's true." You know, he's like, "There's a little that's that's true." He's like, "But you do have to own it now that it's happened," and yeah. and so he's in a position where he kind of has to sort of show the crew that he's he's a worthwhile person. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was a good line from Riker when he was like the best the best thing you can do for them now is just, you know, give give them a reason to, you know, this is this is worth it, you know, this it's worth saving you. Sometimes Riker can be a little tough love and I think that's a little tough love he might have needed there. There is that cool like I guess when when Picard and Riker when they are working well together for a little while when when he's like, "Will, it might be time you called me number 1." And it's like, "Oh, yeah, you have like their cool like uh you know, buddies, uh, you know, working, they're kind of on like this little buddy cop adventure and everything's working well. And then, you know, then the tension really gets ratcheted up when they're start, you know, when you're, when you're bringing up people's dead sons and stuff at work, it's like, Ooh, yeah, you don't want to go there. You're, you're pissing Riker off. John yeah. You might want to, might want to back off. I, I have a question about that in a minute, but first, like, yeah, the energetic side of it, like, was, was pretty great when they just fall into the roles. He's mm-hmm. like, you know, he asks if somebody could fire a photon and they could target it and blow it up and, you know, essentially, like, use it like a flashbang to get out of there. And they just, man, Picard's just on, on the spot. This guy, you know, he could probably he could probably jump on any console on that bridge and be pretty aces with it. And he and he did. That was a cool. Also, all the space stuff, um, uh, all the space stuff, the spaceship stuff, like the 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 visuals, uh, are just so good. Like I I I've dined, mm-hmm. I, and, and I know they hold up on the big screen because uh, I've seen it already, like on a huge screen. So mm-hmm. like I'm dying to see what it what it looks like. Uh, like I hope they do a festival, like a five day festival, like two day, two episodes you know, a day, because I, I know they've been directed in pairs, so it might be a good way to see, like, you know, two-hour chunks or whatever they're, you know, mm-hmm. whatever they end up being. But yeah, like, that scene in particular, I, I, it, it feels like there are there are indeed references to, like, a lot of 
previous Star Trek, but the way it's mm-hmm. being done feels new and fresh and like and like kind of like iterative rather than uh you know like it feels like an iteration or like a an evolution rather mm-hmm. than like a derivative thing. So yeah. So I'm gonna, I will slightly argue against that, but like I, I don't have like a thesis or anything. But I was <laughs> I was a little distracted in the original seventeen second scenes with Riker, where when he talked about that. I was a little noticing the Wrath of Khan callback seemingly from when when they say when when McCoy tells Kirk, you better get down here, you better hurry. And I was like, okay, Riker used almost those very close to those words. And I felt like it was a deliberate callback and I was kind of distracted by it. So I kind of found myself feeling more of the Riker's father stuff when I in a scene that didn't make me think of that uh, when he's just talking to Mm -hmm. um uh, when he when he was talking to Jack and and they were sort of talking around father issues, um, but um, but yeah yeah that's that's a that's an opinion that's that's totally fair. <laughs> I will say the like you better get down here is such a cliche of like medical drama that it did not occur to me for Wrath of Khan. That I was just like, yeah, that's just what doctors say in thinking, TV shows. Like, I was thinking more of just like the chase, like the overall landscape, the chase through the nebula. Like, I that's the part mm-hmm. that I thought was like yeah layer like it, that was the layer harkening back but doing it in a new way like adding this new thing of like mm-hmm. this like nebula having biological you know component to it like as well as the interference being somehow you know like remember when tavine's like uh you know she's like yeah th- like th- they keep having these like weird power things or like you know whatever and tavine says like yeah these these electrical things are both it's both this and biological i forget what she said exactly but yeah I just had a weird thought. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think, I think this is a stupid thought, but I'm just going to say it anyway. <laughs> we know that there may be something else at the Daystrom Institute that they were pursuing. Right. The Genesis device did create organic life where there was no life. The Genesis torpedo, when it blew up, created a sort of nebula of, of like, um, of life. I know it wasn't where this is taking place, or at least it'd be weird if it was, and nobody knew it. Um, but like, the, it is kind of weird that there's you know organic matter in there is there any chance genesis is going to surface as a plot point is that is that just ridiculous if i, I like see it. it i have a different <laughs> theory of what i thought they were stealing from the jstrom which yeah. is basically stealing a plot line from star trek online i thought maybe the female i thought maybe the female change thing was there oh interesting because she's kidnapped like we're not kidnapped she's captured at the end of deep space nine Oh, uh, you know, I see in the comments, Vanilla Pat says Daystrom had to be lore. I wonder, but we've seen. Oh, I feel like Daystrom whatever lore makes sense. I feel like whatever this or, mystery or is, we haven't seen. I feel like they've shown us very little in the trailers, and like what we've mm-hmm. seen in the trailers is not going to be as big as whatever this big yeah. thing is. Like I, I'm suspicious. Right, that, they they like, held back on that. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I, I think feel... they probably did. Also, the, the portal weapon looks really cool. <laughs> it does. Um, I, I thought it was a little gimmicky, but it, I can't deny it looks great, especially when it, like, turned their torpedoes on them. It was uh, funny, though, uh, you mentioned that the get you better get down here made you think of Wrath of Khan. Mm-hmm. But just the idea of Riker being on the bridge and being called to, like, his birth made me think of, like, the last episode of Voyager. Which I haven't seen, so. Oh, <laughs> well. That's okay. <laughs> Don't worry about spoilers. I'm going to read one of Fathery's <laughs> comments from the private chat for the audience. Uh, if this turns out to be the Genesis device, I will pull my hair out. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, 
There has been a lot of references to to Wrath of Khan, more than seems just coincidence. There um, has. And, um, uh, like, I, I think that would be weird, too. I'm just saying it could potentially play a role. Now that someone in the comments said it's lore, um, they're probably right. It's probably lore. Or Moriarty. Like, two things we already know <laughs> is in the show. Like, I, what about the, Agabus? The theory, be, the, the theory that I've had for a while is what if what if lore is part of this, you know, bad guy cabal or whatever, mm-hmm. and they they unleash Moriarty. I think this was actually Aaron's theory, but they unleash Moriarty on lore because Moriarty was designed to be intelligent enough to rival Data, and if lore is Data's twin brother, then you would think you could just use him on lore mm-hmm. as well. I really love that. I, I kind of hope that's what it is. <laughs> but on, on, on that note, do y'all want to talk about the, the reveals we get with Worf and Raffi, which kind of, you know, when we yeah. when we learned that who who the bad guys really are, who Vatic, I, I guess, must be working with, she has the portal weapon that they stole mm-hmm. and that they, they used on Metallus Prime. Uh, she's 100% so, working with them because, like, the, she was following this trail, right? Like that, Right, the, right. Yeah, the, the, yeah. The, the changeling was leaving for her. Right. So when he has that line, the captured changeling, who I guess was just like his, his when, you know, Worf knocks him out, he's just like playing possum. He's like, I'm just going to go along with this, pretend to be a junkie until I can slip away. You know, tell them what something they'll want to hear, and then maybe they'll let me go in time to regenerate. And they, he, you know, he just ran out of time and had to reveal I will himself. Say, but there is early in Deep Space Nine where Odo gets knocked out, but I wonder if we're supposed to ignore that. <laughs> Probably, <laughs> but the when when he says, uh, what does he say exactly? The uh, like-minded souls, enemies of the Federation. I'm thinking, wouldn't mm-hmm. it be cool if there's like a Star Trek Legion of Doom, where just like all the bad guys are just everyone who couldn't take on the Federation individually? They're just all like throwing their their hands together and, and, and joining forces for one big attack on the federation and it could be lore borg tal shiar anyone could show up now and be an enemy oh, i don't know if that's crap. what they're doing but I, a, I think that would be it's cool. a slightly risky thing to pull off i would imagine yeah it'd be tough because true. there'd be so many competing motivations the the notion that they would just be like well let's just wreck the federation that's a sure. very super villain kind of thing in comics because i was thinking it was going to be like everyone was specifically like people who had picard as an enemy but the changing in general like I, there's no reason they would target picard specifically Right, so I'm think I'm hoping it's more than just the changelings because it, it seems mm-hmm. really we, I bet oh, it we're is. gonna get we're gonna get the TNG band back together. We're gonna give like Picard his big send off this final season, and they're gonna go up against DS9's bad guys. Like that's a bit yeah. of an odd choice. So I think that there will be more to just, it. Worf is like I'm the only one who finds these people. Yeah, and and yeah. Worf Worf being on the case and being proactive, and I I need to talk about Worf because he's one of my favorite Star Trek characters. Pe- mm-hmm. People have listened to the show; they've they've heard me talk about how I grew up, you know, loving his character so much uh, because of DS Nine. Because the D- DS Nine Worf is what made me fall in love with his character more so than the TNG mm-hmm. stuff. But they're remembering that growth in DS Nine more than they're they're remembering it, but they're continuing it. Like it's like. This show recognizes the trajectory that DS9 put Worf on, and they're continuing that. And and just like the more chill Worf, the Worf who kind of mellowed out over the years, who's he, you know, he, he's very Zen. He's very like he's like almost like like Dal or like Buddhism or like you know like mm-hmm. he's like he no longer believes in good and evil, which is is like you know crazy. Like Worf, you always believed in you know these righteous causes, and now now he's he he's like oh yeah, I'm just like this the small man trying to do things, and we're all just these you know small little creatures and. 
and you know the, the, these things that we have such certainty about the, these notions of 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 good and evil and how like so much of that is uh not no longer the the driving forces of of his passions and he's he's learned you know his biggest enemy is himself and controlling himself and i i just love that just it just felt right to me it just felt oh, right you know what me. i would like to hear him mention i'd like i'd love to hear him mention jedzia as an influence mm-hmm. on his expanded totally. consciousness and but i i, I feel that that's part of it here. And even like the way that he's kind of witty and has a sense of humor here, you know, when he beheadings are on Wednesday, stuff like that. It's like, yeah, just those, those few brief years that he spent with his Parmakai Jetsia, mm-hmm. those, those few years, uh, they really did change him for the uh, better. Yeah. I, by the way, it, as a quick aside to those kind of callbacks, I, I, he, he was, I, I presume referencing Odo when he talked about a, Man, like a changeling of honor. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I really, I really like that. That they found a way to like bring up Odo and be like, want to be like, Odo's not a part of this. Without like, obviously, they can't really use Odo, and they be like, Odo's not a part of this. Odo is still a good guy. Like, we're not trying to take that away. I did picture this whole scene that happened like off camera of of <laughs> Odo, yeah. you know, appearing in the Great Link and being like, "Oh, I guess we have like these uh, the, this faction of of renegade changelings." Then he's got to like call some Vorda to come over and be like, "Okay, uh, take this memo," and like some Vorda like has to come like type out this email and then send it to <laughs> Worf wherever wherever Worf is. So I don't know. Just I just found all of that kind of funny to picture. But I wrote down his his opener to Rafi. He's like, "I am Worf, son of Moog, House mm. of Marta." son of sergey house of rajenko bane of the duras family slayer of gauron he's so he's so con- uh, like like confident and sure of himself mm-hmm. now that he's allowed he's allowing himself to bring out the human sides of his identity I in his past we love that that he was like yeah. yeah these are the people who raised me and their trust is important and two, I love that he's introducing himself now like he's Daenerys Targaryen. Right. And, and you know, before <laughs> before he probably would have been he probably would have been ashamed to, you know, call himself a house Rojenko and make up like this human right. name for a house. You know, he probably would have been ashamed. And that the music, the opera music that he's listening to, he's not listening to Klingon opera. That was Picard's opera music from mm. first contact. But it's like mm-hmm. it's like, oh yeah, it's okay for me to listen to like human music. I don't have to do everything hundred percent Klingon all the time. Like, There's a lot of storytelling and character building there without him mm-hmm. saying blank happened to me and this changed me he said that he's changed um and he said a little bit about how but yeah there, it's like revealed through through the all these little insights i did also like when he just said you know when we got the reveal and he's like well, what is it he said is he's like how long has it been since you were part of the great link the great link yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Since you, yeah, that was great. That was very the drama in that scene. Like, well, I had noticed that dude's face, but he didn't get a confirmation what it was. And then him saying, like, "Hello, we've been part of the Great Link." I was giddy in a way. <laughs> I that does not make sense considering these are like the enemies of characters I love. But I was just so happy they were there. <laughs> I felt it too. It, it's just that it, it was done so well. Like Jonathan Frakes brought something very cinematic to this, but also like. Like, you know, because he has a very good way. Like, there's just moments like Seven pacing, Seven trying to fix this thing. Like, there's, like, really mm-hmm. good moments. But then he has, he also is able to, like, direct, like, really great moments where there's, like, a big reveal or there's meant to be, like, a big, like, kind of, like, you know, moment where you get giddy or something like that. Jonathan Frakes does a really good job of, like, just directing. I love him for Star yeah. Trek. I love him so much. <laughs> I'm being, like, too much of a fanboy. <laughs> no, no, that, that's great, Sohel, because you're setting us up to talk about, like, the, you know, the big ending where yeah. he, mm-hmm. he does, like, you know, Picard is this whole time pushing 
Captain Riker to be the, you know be more aggressive. We got to be on the attack against the Shrike. You know, we get one shot to take him out, and Riker is just like. John Luke, what the hell are you talking about? This ain't the Enterprise. Th- that ship is going to destroy the Titan if we try to fight. I confess and... I was slightly confused by these scenes. I, I felt like I missed something obvious, where I, I was not quite sure why Picard was being so aggressive. Well, Riker's theory is that it's like, no, like I, we get like you just found out you're a dad and you want to you know stop these people that are coming after your son, but I think we need to be more cautionary. And I guess you know Picard didn't think that they stood a good shot of like getting away. That, that, yeah. that this was that this they, was the only the only way out mm-hmm. yeah and Riker because he is so loyal he can't he can't reject you know when Picard is like there it is fire everything we got right now like you see Jonathan Frakes he's both directing it well and performing it well because we see the look mm-hmm. on his face where he 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 doesn't want to go along with Picard but he can't he, it's like he can't say no he's it's like he's got to be like yeah fire like we got to do it what Captain Picard says you know like he's first officer on the Enterprise again so that and then the way that when when he turns to Picard and we don't even see Riker's face but you, we like you just you can feel how pissed he is when he says you know remove yourself from the bridge you've just killed us all and like he's he's probably angry at himself for not being able to ignore Picard right but yeah like mm-hmm. and it's almost kind of a meta thing where like you kind of know like oh Riker is directing this episode like he doesn't want us to see his angry face when he when he's angry at at Picard but and, and then also when Picard Picard does get out of line like I get Riker being so pissed off mm-hmm. when when Riker when I mean sorry when Picard tells Riker I understand you know why you want to be overtly cautious here talking about like you know because of the death of your son and everything and now like you're you're gonna take like the scaredy cat approach and I don't want to do that I want to go stop these bad guys now and yeah like you know if you're Riker and you hear that obviously the worst thing that ever happened in his life uh, yeah, being used against them, you know, it's like, no, shut up, crazy grandpa. You don't know what you're, you don't even, you don't even know, you know, the procedure on ships that go warp 9.99 now, as we proved a couple episodes ago. Like, you need to shut up and leave me alone and let me do my job. And, and I, I can't function with you here, you know, on the bridge. Miss Powell family in the audience pointed out a really cool thing about like the chain of command. We've seen like some examples of like how it works and like authority on a ship and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, uh, Jean-Luc got his one like override, right? Where he's like, belay that order. And then Shaw, when he's injured, he makes sure to give the command uh, codes over to Riker. And it makes sense. I I think Shaw's very sensible. Like he gave it to Mm -hmm. the skipper, the previous skipper of the Titan, like someone who would know the ship and possibly many of the crew. Like it's very possible among the 500 crew, there's a lot of crew that like maybe had served under Riker and kind of like mm-hmm. kept, stayed over. And he's also an active Starfleet captain. So, you know, right, he, exactly. he's still, mm-hmm. he's still getting the emails on, you know, proper space dock procedure that, you know, retired Admiral Picard is clearly not staying on top <laughs> right, exactly. of. Exactly. So. so, so in the one moment, I love that in the one moment that Riker, Riker's like, no, 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 we got to do this. And it's kind of working for them. You know, but uh, Jean-Luc miscalculates the portal device and, mm-hmm. you know, his plan would have worked. But like you could see him have his oh shit moment when like Vatic puts the portal in front of the torpedoes. Like he's like, I did not think of that. And he <laughs> knew that that was it. Like his like he had like he was so like kind of and Riker's just so pissed that he actually listened to Jean-Luc, you know, like he's mm-hmm. like, I was doing the right thing. Like I my plan was working like, I, ha- you know, so there's so many layers there. And, you know, I, I loved the performance. That was like a highlight scene. It, it is 
I do have to say, Dave, like I could see where the confusion comes from. I've seen it like now five times. So like, I think I've sorted out like a lot of the, the confusion, but I, I, I urge you to watch the scene again, if you can, because I think it, there's a lot, there's a lot of cool, like connect, like cool interplay about the chain of command there. When I saw it from that perspective, I really enjoyed it a lot more. And, and honestly, I think this finally delivered on something that was promised in 1987 with Encounter at Farpoint that we never got to see much of, but they kind of set up in that pilot episode tension between Riker and Picard, where there was it kind of what, what we got in the motion picture with Decker and Kirk. It was kind of supposed to be, look, here's a young first officer who's more than capable of commanding the ship himself. And you're the older veteran captain. And some, sometimes this guy might disagree with you and he might think, you know, we should do B instead of A or whatever. And they never explored that much in TNG. I kind of wish that they would have, but you know, we're getting, we're getting a cool exploration of it now. So it's like, it's oh like yeah. A, it kind of works as a culmination of decades of, wanting to argue more with Picard and hold biting his tongue and it kind of blew up. <laughs> yeah. 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 That yeah. makes sense. That's and a good also, way of, of framing it. Riker's just been amazing, you know, in these these first three episodes, but I feel like Riker, Riker's got like the coolest head. He's like been the the most like the the character I've been relating to the most. And I think it's just like great that um it also kind of to me reflects all good things like we we've got that little bit of an edge to Riker that we saw where he was kind of bitter and he's like you know they've created a similar scenario like with Troy and him being on the outs it's not you know in in uh in all good things Troy died so Riker's like really pissed at Jean-Luc about that you know but here it's just a different like scenario but it has that kind of vibe to me I feel like Riker's giving me a little bit of those all good things Riker vibes as well it sucks that he loses a family member in every timeline every timeline yeah Yeah, that's true like well you know time's a bitch (laughs) sorry (laughs) sorry Uh, for cursing you're good you're good Uh, Rachel what what did you think of of this uh, ending I didn't really like it and I agree with all you're saying except I have a theory that might be me being naive think they might be playing up them fighting to smoke out the saboteur because i did think like the turn was like a little more drastic than i like between it them felt it a little, little odd to me uh you know what that would be like that would be like in uh wrath of khan when uh when they use the coded transmission to throw khan off mm-hmm. um <laughs> uh, i'm just kidding but um the um it's funny because it actually reminded me of a voyager thing <laughs> like my theory so you can keep thinking of wrath of khan and i I, I, I did seriously bond with wrath of khan like almost nothing else uh, when i was like 10 so maybe yeah you just remember it super well uh, they may have like if they're if rachel's notion was was correct uh they might have talked about it off camera like hey let's stage a little bit of an incident but also there could be something that might be fun to go back and look for and see if there's some moment when one of them says something a little code word or a code phrase to put this in motion so it'd it'd be fun to look it'd be fun to check for yeah i 100 percent could be that like i could be being naive because i don't want my famous fighting (laughs) i get it i get it um it was tough watching picard and beverly fight earlier in the episode um that was it was stressful uh because i was like i really didn't want to pick a side (laughs) i know i was like i just want everyone to get along i love all of you You don't have to pick a side. You don't. Have I to I think I think in another <laughs> uh, in another seven episodes, all of the surviving TNG cast will all get along yeah. and, and have a nice happy ending with who, whoever makes it. So I don't want to even think about that stuff. That's I forgot about that. You, uh, you, you, you and then Dave will be like, "This is that. just like the end of the Wrath of Khan when Spock died." <laughs> it's true. We already <laughs> had that. Right. 
I'll be got that in Nemesis. Spock we got it in Nemesis. The first <laughs> fictional character to die. Maybe the first Star Trek fictional character. But... <laughs> no, Scotty. Listen, if, died, somebody, like, if somebody dies behind a, a clear screen <laughs> and they touch hands, <laughs> you got to give it to me. Though it seems very unlikely they're gonna have like a search for whoever dies. So. <laughs> Or uh, I jokingly sometimes call Search for Spock retcon the movie. Because... <laughs> uh, that's Rachel. You know that's my favorite Star Trek movie of all time is the Search for Spock. I enjoy the Search for Spock. It does also exist basically to retcon the death of Spock. Well, they they had to destroy the Enterprise to do it, so it did. It felt like a earned resurrection. This is this is fair. And remember also David how, Marcus. Remember how uh, Father you and I don't remember if it was Dave also, but you guys were afraid of the whole like David Marcus, Carol yeah. Marcus thing. Like, how do you guys him. feel? How do you guys feel now that you've seen like this, like kind of like the scenario the, play out? The acting is so damn good. They made they made <laughs> yeah. me. You know, we talked about that last week. It's like I I was like Shaw in that scene. You know, like when Shaw like gave up and accepted <laughs> it. That's how I felt. <laughs> by by the way, let. Let me just the last thing promise. Last thing I'll say about Captain Shaw. Uh, seeing Todd <laughs> no, Stashwick o- over the last week on the Star Trek cruise, uh, mm-hmm. he is either the first or second most casually hilarious person I've ever met in my life. Oh, wow. uh, the the his rival was also on the cruise, Tawny Newsom. I, I I can't get over just how nice she is. I I I was like kind of nervous to talk to her because i was like she's not gonna I like remember. be as as nice and funny and friendly in real life as i think mm-hmm. she as i want her to be and no she totally is so, that uh, but, is one so great to hear she's so nice to like fans on twitter <laughs> yeah i like we partied hard uh last night uh, uh on the on the dance floor it was uh it was it was quite the night for uh for the star trek cruise uh so that that was that was a blast and todd stashwick was a surprise guest uh, i didn't know he was going to be on the cruise till i was like on the ship and they were like hey on this stage look it's todd stashwick now this was eight days after his first episode of picard was released so with just eight days he fit right into the fandom he has star trek tattoos on his arm he's a hard nerd he's talking about all these episodes what? of the original series that he's seen yeah like, i didn't know that and he's, I did not he's know just that. so He's so funny. Like every, like every other sentence is just like the funniest thing you've ever heard, and it, like it always lands. And it's like, like man, like you're, you, I hate you. You're so talented. You're so <laughs> charismatic and genius and funny and nice and nerdy. And yeah, it's just like I, I, I hope I can, I can be half as cool as Todd Stashwick someday. Oh wow, <laughs> that's someone, all I got. Someone's smitten. I love does, it. <laughs> does anyone, does anyone have that, like a, like a final thought on, on this episode before Dave uh, reads some subspace transmissions about last week's episode. This episode, I really enjoyed it, but it mostly made me go, God damn it, I have to wait a week? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I My thought is similar, which is, I just think that, like, uh, uh, the cliffhangers have been really great, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, every episode, because they just, they don't, they don't, like, like, they don't make you feel like oh man but they do make you want more like you're like okay this is a good place to kind of pause for a while this is like where i would normally like maybe pause the film and go to the restroom or get more popcorn or something like that <laughs> except now i have to wait a week but that's all right <laughs> uh, i don't think i have any special outro thoughts um yeah ready to see where they go i, I kind of want them out of the nebula i'm ready for them to leave the nebula yeah, I'm or at least uncover that. 
some new at whatever Dave, new aspect all of 10 it. episodes are in the nebula no! like the whole thing. <laughs> you've ruined the timeline <laughs> so hell they you actually <laughs> they actually in the last episode when they have like the the funeral they're they're gonna get out of the nebula but they're, they're gonna find out they're actually in a larger nebula and then terry's terry's new spinoff show that he, he's trying to pitch to paramount plus is going to be like the escape from that nebula star trek nebula so, that's the title yeah. of the actually show. actually They've always been in a nebula for all <laughs> years. Wait, are you saying the nebula is the nexus? <laughs> yes. It does have that orangey kind of glow to it. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Duly Star, Star Trek Escape from the Nebula, coming to Paramount Plus early 2025. <laughs> With a with a cameo of a uh, fathery and Starfleet boy, because Terry promised us that if he got his show. So he did. The next episode, he did. Mike is going to be like, "Let's try and go to the edge one more time and warp out one more time." Okay, maybe two more times. <laughs> uh, Dave, uh, la- last week we talked about season three, episode two, disengage. Which was yes. funny because that, that was the episode that you you and I we were a little reluctant to get on the Picard season three bandwagon, but that was mm-hmm. that was the episode that kind of engaged us to. Uh, yep. <laughs> to get on there but uh but what what were people on the on the interwebs saying about uh disengage last week yeah we got some good uh we got some good subspace transmissions on this one and as a reminder it's the episode that uh i believe revealed Worf, i think revealed vatic and confirmed that jack is picard's son um as, as much as that can be confirmed <laughs> uh so here's some of the responses um Discussing Trek says, so far they're doing something that the previous seasons of Picard and Discovery have failed to do, not make us wait the entire season to start answering questions. Giving us steady payoffs is much more satisfying. Um, PJ the Trekkie says, enjoying it, but not as blown away as a lot of fans, and that makes me sad. But it's only two episodes in, definitely a fan of Jack, loved a lot of the moments. Overall, something isn't clicking for me, but it's all good. Um... Uh, Jill had an interesting comment. Uh, Jill from our audience said, It was fine. I think all I needed was a better send-off than Nemesis, and I'm confident that will happen. Uh, This is not TNG Season 8 or even Picard Season 3 for me. It's an eight-hour TNG film (laughs) wrap-up, which I really needed. (laughs) Let's see. uh, Anthony Wynn says, I'm enjoying it, but also seeing lots of bits and pieces that seem to be cherry-picked or borrowed from other iterations of Trek. Um... I think my favorite comment came from Ferengi Rules of Acquisition, who says we needed more of the great Ferengi businessman. Benjenium says, personally, I've only given a handful of Trek episodes a 10 out of 10, but this was a 10 for me. I was literally screaming and clapping and rolling around in the fetal position on Thursday morning. (laughs) This is from a guy who never reacts to anything. I've only Um, given a handful of Star Trek episodes lower than a 10. This is true. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, just want to uh, give a uh, shout out to all the people who were watching the show live with us. Uh, again, this was a weird show. This was your first text <laughs> track, but I hope it isn't your last. Uh, we, we're we going to get out of this nebula next week, and uh, we'll, we, we'll have a nice uh, visual presentation. We'll, I'll do the, the Gorn eggs, because people, people like those. I, I asked for some feedback, and I, I thank everyone for, uh, for uh, following that up and, and telling me that y'all did indeed want the Gorn eggs back. So we'll be sure to... Anyone who's going to keep uh, them hatching. Yeah. yeah, anyone who's new to the stream, go watch last week's episode. So you can no the week before la- the first episode. Yes, so two weeks the ago. Full experience. Even that one was a little weird because we because we ran uh, we ran long. But uh, dang, yeah. like the other thing, I just want to say, Fathery, are you gonna 
uh, follow tradition and do a kind of recap uh, stream for the cruise and just share your pictures and stuff like that? Is that happening? We're we're totally going to do that. I'll have a Starfleet nice. Sohel give me the <laughs> uh, the debriefing. And, and if anyone has any questions for the cruise, then that'll be the, the time to show up and get those questions answered. So if you do have questions like that, please leave a comment here. Or, you know, if you have thoughts on this episode, you can reply to my tweets. You can chime your opinions in the uh, text trek discord server and you can also uh sound off on the text trek uh facebook page and uh you can find me on mastodon but i never know how to use that uh, <laughs> but uh yeah hopefully uh we, we we're on tiktok but i don't really post a lot there because i don't understand that app either but uh rachel's gonna help me with that she's a she's a tiktok pro rachel's so. amazing I, on tiktok i follow you you're awesome i sure i'm a tiktok pro I, I know what I'm doing occasionally. <laughs> well, that's that's better than than most of us if we can say uh, occasionally. Like I, I I say I rarely know what I'm doing. I don't know if that's better or worse than occasionally, but I've had a few hits on TikTok. Oh oh, so you're the pro now is what you're saying? No, not you're at all. Right. I'm just saying I I've had a few hits. Unfortunately, I, I made my it a videos that I've done really well are not Star Trek videos because TikTok does not want to push my Star Trek videos and I That's refuse true. to stop Aww. making them. My most popular yeah. video is me falling and, and scraping my knees. So yeah, it's true. <laughs> come on, come on, TikTok. Give, give Trek some uh, love. But. My, uh, which just happened, my top TikTok video is me ruining the movie The Vow. So. <laughs> well, be sure to uh, follow uh, Drama Dork on, uh, what's, what's your TikTok handle? It's Drama Dork 884. Okay. Like, so like everywhere. Be, be sure to, to follow uh, for some, some great uh, TikTok content that will occasionally yeah. be Star Trek, even though the algorithms won't push that to you like they should. I also, it probably is that I refuse to have one niche on TikTok. I'm like, no, I have a lot of different interests. I don't want to just do one thing. <laughs> there you go. You don't have to be a monolith. Yeah. Unless you want to be like me. I, I only post about <laughs> about Star Trek, but I'm, I have a weird, unhealthy obsession that I, I will uh, be more than happy uh, uh, to indulge in more next week when we talk about Picard Season yeah. 3, Episode 4. You can catch us on YouTube live every Friday night at 7 p.m. Central or uh, listen to us later wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, as always, live long and prosper, y'all. Listen to the Text Trek podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or at text-trek.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash text-trek, and follow Fathery on Twitter at txtrek. Please support us by liking our videos and subscribing to our channel on YouTube. Thank you, and take care.